Welcome to Blackbird episode number 26. My name is James, and today I am thrilled to be joined by Tim, the Toolman Cook. You have heard him as part of Jack Spearco's Expert Council on the Survival Podcast, and I wanted to pick his brain about side gigs and handyman tips for the layperson like myself who isn't handy in the least. So if either of those things appeals to you, I think you're going to enjoy this interview. And even if they don't, I think you're going to like it because he's a pretty entertaining guy. So with that, Let's get into it with my interview with Tim Toolman Cook. All right, Tim Cook, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Uh, hey, thanks for having me, James. I've seen some of your past guests, and uh, I uh, seem like I'm in rather elite company here, which is maybe undeserved, but thank you very much. Hey, anybody who Jack Spearco trusts as an expert is welcome on my show anytime. So speaking of which, why don't you kind of give the rundown of who you are and where people might have heard of you? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure sh- I'm sure there's a big crossover amongst my community and your community, you know. But a lot of people probably would hear me quite often on Fridays on the Survival Podcast as part of the Expert Council, where uh, I go by uh, Toolman Tim, answer questions about side hustles, full-time gigging, tools, handyman, life in the uh, the cold, frigid North climate of Canada, you know, all that kind of stuff, and. As far as who I am, you know, I'm a father of five. We have uh, my wife and I uh, homeschool our 11-year-old twins. We um, run a handyman business that uh, basically does anything and absolutely everything. I started it as a very, very, very small side hustle that just sort of started as responding to the occasional Facebook ad. And then it just sort of took off. And I happily walked away from working for the man just about three years ago this month, which was should have happened years ago, but you know we have to be in a certain place in life in order to be able to accept that it's time to do something, and it was the best decision I ever made. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, there's a lot of people who would like to make their side gig their full-time thing because, I mean, you know, that's that's the kind of thing that you do for fun. So what did you do before? How did you become like a handyman? Did you yeah. specialize in some other kind of thing or...? Oh, I spent years in university. No, not at all. But <laughs> so, so yeah, um, you know, we'll step way back, back to my, uh, you know, I've always had the entrepreneurial mindset, right? So even back in elementary school, uh, me and a buddy, we ran a, an arcade out of his basement that I think we managed to get one customer and one quarter out of, which is basically where people came and give us a quarter to play NES games, you know? And uh, then, you know, I try to sell things. I I was into website design back when GeoCities was a thing. And so that dates me right there, of course. You know, just a little bit of everything to kind of make some money. I looked at taking entrepreneurship in community college. I'm not even sure how that works, but, you know, it was a thing. And then I decided to do something really practical. And I went and did a four-year Bachelor of Arts degree in religious studies. So, you know. (laughs) Wow. That's uh, that's diverse. (laughs) Very diverse, right? And uh, so I got about three and a half years through it and realized it's not going to be my thing, which is totally fine. You know, whatever. Everybody does what they do. And I I almost walked away from it at the three and a half year mark, decided to go back for the last semester, finished up. And then I put it to good use by moving to my hometown and getting a job as a night manager at a Dairy Queen. So, you know, one of those things. 
And I was there a year and a half kind of digging in. You know, I, I loved it. It was fun. I think uh-huh. I'd never force anybody to do anything they don't want to, but any young person who has a chance to work in the food service industry, whew, it's, it's fun. And so then, you know, along came the owner of a local hardware store one night and he liked the way I served him through drive-thru or whatever. And he's like, I want you to come work for me. And I said, nah, I don't think I'm happy where I am. And I thought about it for a while. And he came back to me a little later. And I remember thinking, and this was before I was married or had kids. And I remember thinking there's, there's going to be no better education for me right now than to go there because I know nothing. You know, my grandfather was handy. Mm -hmm. He died when I was young. My dad's handy, but of course, when you're a teenager, you don't always pay attention to what they do. And uh, so I'm like, this will be the best hands-on education I could have. And I worked seven years there and met my wife. We bought a house, had a family, and basically out of you know pure poverty, had to learn how to fix absolutely everything on my own. I had access to the materials. I had access to some really good experts that I could pick their brain. And that is honestly you know, how I got to being handy-ish at the time. And, you know, I was always into sales. I love doing sales, which goes hand in hand with being an entrepreneur. Even, you know, you might not think it, but absolutely. So, you know, I got to the point where working in an office really burned me out. I, you know, blood pressure was high and I just walked away from it. You know, I should have probably done better, but, you know, sometimes you get burnout and you walk away. So I did some online sales for a couple of years selling uh, voice recognition software. And, you know, we were just digging ourselves in a bigger hole and a bigger hole and a bigger hole, right? And financially, we just, we were struggling. And so I had an opportunity. This was seven and a half years ago. My in-laws said, hey, we're out here in oil patch country in Alberta. And this, I used to live in Nova Scotia. So that's like 4,000 miles away. It's basically coast to coast, minus one province. And they said, we got a a fold up cot for you if you want to come out and sleep in our living room. And I said, well, you know, um, I guess we could try (laughs) because they're paying well out there. Hopped on a plane, landed out there with less than $50 to my name, found two jobs right away, picked the one that I thought I'd like the best. And three months later, started moving my family out there. So we, we completely relocated with just a bit of a plan. And everybody said, oh, you're going to do so great out here. Things are going to be great. 12 months to the day, we started getting our feet under us. You know, we planned a trip to Vegas. We've never gone anywhere, right? And the worldwide price oil, the bottom just drops right out of it. Oh, no. There's layoffs everywhere. And we're like, you know, so my wife, she has her vacation book to go to Vegas. And and they call her in on the last day. She's already on vacation, but we haven't flown out yet. And they lay her off the day before we go on vacation. And I'm like, oh, so I managed to struggle through another year. So that was one year in. We got two years in and they shut down my, I was working on an oil rig, not like the big ones, but kind of a servicey rig. They shut it down and I thought, well, this is great. I said, uh, followed us right across the country. We, you know, we, of course, when you're in the wrong mindset, you think everything is the world working against you instead of looking at it as an opportunity, right? So we st- I started thinking, well, what do I know how to do? And I said, well, I know sales, but I'm sure as heck not going to go back and do that right now because that darn near killed me last time. So I'm going to do the handyman thing, Uh, you know, and I started working for like 15 bucks an hour, just taking little Facebook ads and it just never took off, you know, and, and this was almost a full year where I was like, you know, oh, I really want to do this, but I'm not making enough money. 
And, you know, it was real struggle. My wife was working, so she gladly supported me and she was happy. <laughs> but, you know, you feel like you really want to be doing something that's bringing something in and be passionate about it, right? And this whole time, of course, I'm listening to Jack and Nicole on Survival Podcast and Living Free in Tennessee thinking, oh, man, I really got to do this, right? And so I panicked and I took a job selling building supplies, the exact same thing I did for seven years and burnt myself out at, you know. But it was the best thing I ever did. I made local contacts here in my town. I got comfortable even more so doing sales, even though I was always kind of that thing. And real quick, I started picking up a ton of side hustle work. Like everybody, hey, do you know somebody that does this? Or hey, do you know somebody? And I'm telling you, if you want to start a side hustle and turn it into a full-time gig, get a customer service job in like hardware or building supplies if you want to do a handyman thing, because you will make Everybody is always looking for somebody who can do something, you know, and be willing to do anything too, right? So anyway, of course, six months into that job, same old, same old, you just, you know, dreading going to work, sick to your stomach, you know, just because you just, you know, you're not supposed to be doing it, right? And so I, I guess basically 12 months of the year, my, my, my side hustle hadn't taken off completely yet, but I decided it was making enough money you know, I didn't take my own advice that I say in my YouTube channel now of, of having, you know, three to six months of funds on hand when you do it, because it makes life a lot less stressful. And again, I walked away. I said, no, I quit. I'm done. I'm going to do this full time. And that was, like I said, three years ago, uh, this month, actually. And every year our business has grown and I'm, we're doing just exponentially better than I ever expected. And, and you're, you're satisfied doing it or are you starting to feel burnout now that, now that this is your full-time thing? Oh my God. I, there's never a morning I get up and fret about going to work. I <laughs> love it. Like, and you know what is really cool is the better you get at it or the more you build your business, the more you can choose what you want to do. And I, I don't mean that in a bad way because I'm still the, I'll do anything for anybody type thing, but I am busy enough now that, you know, some jobs that I don't love or some jobs that I'm just not as good at that I might have taken <laughs> when I first started my business and I was, you know, quote unquote, desperate for work. I, I might not take those now because, you know, I, I have other work that I can do, right? And I this is the best thing I ever did. And then starting the the content creation on the side because it kind of sprung out of what I do. So, you know, I love to teach. I love to inspire other people. I love to see other people succeed. So I started doing that on a whim a year and a bit ago, almost a year and a half ago. I launched it on uh, Nicole's podcast when she interviewed me. And it, <laughs> it was basically just a guy sitting in the basement talking to himself, you know, and it has grown to five videos a week. Uh, really, I, I just, I love it. Like, I just love it. And you just cover topics like this on your, on your YouTube show? Yeah. So I, I started out, I decided it was going to be, I committed to doing a 10 week series on how to build a handyman business. Okay. And, you know, and they say when you're getting into content, niche is important. If you try to go too broad, you end up not catching anybody. Right. And so this is very specific. And there's a lot of guys out there doing handyman and that 10 part series, I, I committed to doing it every Friday and I did, and it kind of morphed into, so the, the whole idea was how to build a handyman business with little or no money using what you have on hand already. So basically getting income coming in with no upfront investment, right? 
and it morphed into what is now my growing your business segment on Fridays. So every Friday I do like a 15 to 20 minute video of talking about a different aspect of building a business. And it, it's not just handyman related. I mean, my channel is definitely, you know, tool centered handyman ish, mm -hmm. but there's lots of people who aren't into that or, you know, that kind of follow me as well. Right. And, and then I started doing videos while I was driving and, and they turned into the money-making minute on Monday, which is kind of like, hey, I took some notes about a, an episode, but I don't have enough for a full video. So let's touch this little topic here. And then Jack's like, Jack Spirko, I, I got an, an opportunity to be on uh, his podcast, get interviewed. And when I talked to Nicole, I'm like, Nicole, how do I become part of the expert council? And she's like, just keep putting out content. And uh, so when I, uh, of course, when you do a, um, a podcast interview, you always get to shoot the breeze with the guy ahead of time, like we uh -huh. did, you know? <laughs> and uh, so at the end, of course, after I, I, I felt like I knocked it out of the park with the interview, I said to Jack, I said, so are you looking for a handyman on your uh, expert council? And he's like, well, you know, I'm, I just might be. He said, maybe I'll give you a shot. So anyway, the next day he, he sends me an email. He's like, I'm short content. You don't have to do this. But he said, if you can get me something back for, I think this was like Thursday, if you can get it for Friday, I'll use it. And of course, I'm, I'm not going to turn that down. So I, I pulled over the side of the road, knocked out a quick five-minute segment on the three power tools that a handyman should have. And that just kind of took off from there. And he's like, you know, you should do tool review videos. And I'm like, yeah, maybe I should because I like tools and it would give me an excuse to spend more money on tools that I don't need to. So then I started that. That's been almost a year. So my Wednesday's tool time gear review now, which is really cool. So that was kind of my shtick for, you know, almost a year, three, three videos a week, including, you know, tool centered, but growing your business. And uh, so then, of course, uh, Odyssey, a library in Odyssey, which is a platform that I know you're involved yeah. in, invested in as well, which I just love. Jack had Jeremy on there, and I listened to a few of his interviews and watched some videos, and I just loved what he stood for. And uh, I think at the time, maybe I had like 300 subscribers. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go over there. And I, so I, I try, you know, I use the old spaghetti metaphor where you throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks, you know? And whatever sticks is what you keep doing because that's what people like and that's what's successful and you grow on that, right? And so I'm over at Odyssey and I've got like 300 subscribers. I got my uh, YouTube channel synced and it's starting to grow a little bit and I'm making some actual crypto, which is awesome, right? Yeah. I'm like, this is great. So I'm like, well, you know what I need to do? What can I do? I'm, I'm not a big creator, but I want to support this you know, platform. So I'm like, I'm going to do a, uh, an Odyssey specific series. Um, so on the weekend, I do the weekend workshop where I talk about whatever the hell I want to talk about. Well, not really, but it's got more of a preparedness and, you know, agorist kind of, um, you know, like I've done uh, crack key bins where you grow lettuce in your basement, which is in my office. I did a video on that. Uh, I did a video on my rechargeable battery setup on fuel storage. Oh, just you know, the whole gamut, whatever I happen to be interested in, I'm learning about that I feel other people might want to know, then yeah. So, I, so you know, I, I'm a, a preparedness mindset. Uh, you know, I'm a free market agorist. I, I love all of that, but I'm still a handyman also, right? So, it's a, we, we have a lot of uh, overlap in our communities, which is cool, but I don't think maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is a, a, a handyman anarchist out there. I'm not sure if there is, but that's who I would be. <laughs> You know, and, and then, of course, uh, I think you're on float as well, right? Because you had yeah. Kingsley and Aaron on. I did, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, and it was really funny because I think around Christmas, I'm like, you know what we really need? And, of course, I, I, I didn't do a lot of research. We need a, a decentralized platform that is kind of Facebook-y, Twitter-ish, you know. And 
And somebody posted about float. I went on there and I just fell in love with it. I don't know why exactly. It's just simple. The, the interaction's awesome. And I wanted to do a live stream one day. So I went over to the Telegram channel and the lady who answered, I seen her name was Aaron. And I'm like, Aaron, Aaron. So it's like literally the CEO, yeah. the co-founders, him and his wife are doing like tech support on the Telegram channel. She walked me through setting up uh, live streaming. I'm like, this is incredible. You know, Kingsley and Aaron both follow me on float now. And so I, I'm again, I want to support this. So I'm like, I'll do an exclusive series over there. So it started, I called it float first. I just rebranded it this week as toolbox Tuesday. And it's, it's kind of another review of, you know, preparedness items, hand tools, around the house stuff, things that are going to make your life a little bit better that I like to talk about. So there, that, that's what I do for the content. And I find time to do five videos a week in between all of my handyman-ish stuff. And it's a lot of fun. I find that the editing process of this podcast is a lot more tedious than the interviewing. Obviously, I enjoy the interview part. Do you do a lot of heavy editing for your videos or... I, I used to. So, <laughs> um, and of course, when you're, I don't know, I, for me, I went back on Nicole's podcast here about um, two months ago. And this time I talked about becoming a content creator in 2020 or 2021 now. Right. And one of my biggest, I wouldn't say mistakes, but one of the things I spent a ton of time on was over editing my first videos, you know? So everything I'd be like, um, Cut it out. Ah, uh, cut it yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I was like, she's like, how many times did you edit your first videos? I'm like, I bet you I made 80 cuts in those first 10 minute videos. And she just, <laughs> you know, so, and of course, the more comfortable you get, the more conversational you become and the less dead space you have to cut out. Right. Right. Yeah. So I have a, a pretty cool system, but I, I film everything for the month in the first week of the month, because oh. as a handyman, you know, I remember one night this winter, I was coming home from, uh, I'd worked all day, like 12 hours painting a rental an hour out of town and I'm coming back and a guy, one of my good customers is like, my water's frozen. Can you crawl under my mobile home? And it's minus 30s. Like, can you thaw it out? And I'm like, all I wanted to do was go home and have supper and yeah. put my feet up my lazy boy. And, and then of course I'm like, yeah, you know, man, I'll be there. Of course I will. So I went home, had a quick bite and I crawled under the trailer for an hour and tried to thaw his pipes out unsuccessfully, but by the morning they had anyway. So you know, and I, all I could think of while I was under that trailer was if I had to go home and try to film videos now, it would be horrible, right? So my Friday video, my long one, I fully script it. Uh, well, I, you know, ish, right? I, I write it all out because I mm. like to have notes. And then most of my other videos are just bullet points. So, you know, I get up, say six o'clock most mornings and, and knock out. I do my content those first two hours between six and eight before anybody starts texting me, hey, can you come break my leaves or, you know, because if I don't, I'm never going to get it. And the worst thing I hate is excuses because there's so many YouTubers out there. Oh, I really, I, I'm, I know I haven't been on lately, but uh, I'm sorry. Life got and life does get in the way. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but the guys that are always on there, I should have done this. I should have done that. You know, so I, I try not to be that guy. I'm sure I'll end up anyway. So, so yeah, so I'll knock out, say four videos, one morning, four videos, the next four videos, the next. And then in the evening, I do everything from my iPhone, so I'll, I'll edit on iMovie. I'll knock out, say, four videos of one series, upload them all that night, do the um, thumbnails, and I'm done. You know, and so it's about a you know about a week of working in the morning, working in the evening, and I've got four or five weeks worth of content uploaded and scheduled, so I don't have to worry about it for the month. That's a great system. I think I'm going to start 
well, I've tried the batch processing thing. And then of course, you know, you get invited to a meeting that you have to go to in the morning, that kind of thing. So my productivity is just, uh, it's just kind of all over the map. So I'm always looking for tricks. And I think batch processing is the, is the biggest one that I've gotten from so many different content creators. So, um, it, yeah. So it, uh, to me, efficiency comes in being able to repeat things and do things a lot, you know, like the factory process, right? Mm -hmm. I know that sounds foolish, but it's the same like when you're building a fence. So, you know, you wouldn't go and put one pole in the ground and then the next pole and then put all the cross members up and then go the next pole. You know, you're, you're way quicker to put all your poles in the ground and then pull all your cross members up. And so I don't know. And I, I came across a system recently, the one, three, five, where you do one big thing, three medium and five small things every day. And I wrote it on a piece of paper and I tell everybody just cause it's a system I use doesn't mean that has to work for you, but it's worked for me. And, uh, it kind of, you fill in all the little things and I end up, you know, I try to be done doing my handyman stuff by one, two o'clock every day. And then that way, if an emergency comes up, uh, I can go handle it. Right. So, and, and listen, this, I, this is coming from a guy who is a perpetual, you know, put her offer. I, 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 I'm yeah. just a procrastinator. I think that's I'm, part of that yeah. entrepreneurial personality. It is absolutely. <laughs> I don't know why it is. I, I, I'm not sure. And you know, I'm, I'm the best starter. I'm one of the, I'm not toot my own horn. I'm one of the best starters I know, but I'm one of the worst finishers I know, you know, so I've had to force myself to become a finisher. So yeah, man, you're talking my language. So, okay. So you have mentioned raking leaves. You've mentioned thawing pipes. You just mentioned building a fence. What are, cause when I think handyman, I think like, you know, my mom needed the sink unclogged and she didn't want to have to call a plumber, which is kind of a gross job. But uh, I mean, what, what are things that handymen do other than unclogged pipes? Yeah. For me, it's, it's almost anything. Like I, when, when you start out, honestly, you know, the customer's that you want or the customers you need are either the people who can't do it like a, like an elderly or uh -huh. the people who um, don't want to do it. Like the, you know, the upwardly mobile or the people who are, you know, would rather be at the cabin drinking beer than mowing their lawn. Right. And, and they're both equally great customers. You just need to know what your niche is going to be, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, there early on there, there's been times when people are like, can you do this? And I'm like, yeah, I can do this. And then I'm like, after I leave, I'm like, I don't know how to do this. YouTube it that night, yeah. you know, you know, as long as it's not something, you know, like installing crown moldings or something crazy like that, but you know, like honestly window washing. So something I had done years ago, never had a lot of gear. One of my long-term customers now, she messaged me. She's like, can you wash windows? Yeah, sure. I can. I'm like, I don't have any gear. And this is back when I was just getting searched. Like I got the gear. You just need to do it. So, you know, I watched like 30 videos. I practiced at home like 12 times and I went to her house and I did it and I still sucked. You know, she was happy, but I, you know, it, it sure. it's always a learning process. Right. And now window washing is one of my, well, it's one of my favorite things to do. It's one of the, the best, uh, money makers for me. Um, and I just, yeah, you, once you get good at it, you buy, I mean, a guy can become a professional window washer for less than a hundred dollars worth of gear. There's a, a little bit of practice. There's a YouTube video just dedicated to building a window washing business, which, mm -hmm. um, that would actually, I think you did a, you did an expert counsel question on window washing a few weeks ago. Oh uh, yeah. Yep. And, uh, yeah, that, that, that reminded me of that YouTube channel. And it, even if, even if window washing isn't like your, your passion or whatever, which it sounds like it can become that, which <laughs> to me is, it just floors me, but it, I mean, you know, it's kind of a meditative thing. So I could, I could understand why 
specifically window washing would be a fun job to have. Um, but that 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 YouTube that YouTube channel is so fascinating to me. It blows me away. Like like I said, there's a niche for everything, and I'm sure it's the same guy I watched, you know, a few years ago, and I still follow him. You know, there's another guy that I actually found him on Odyssey first, and he 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 does. Um, parking lot restriping or restrip, whatever you want to call it, repainting parking lots, uh, garbage bin washing with pressure washers. And he buys Ford Ranger trucks, fixes them up and sells them, spends very little on them and doubles his money, you know, and that's his niche. And he does videos on those things. And he, he's all about inspiring side hustlers and full-time giggers to, you know, to, to, to do great things. So, you know, uh, another thing I, I do is uh, a lawn aerating, which is uh, like a walk behind. I don't know if you know them. Anyway, they they punch little holes in your lawn. Yeah. So I'd never done it before. A customer asked me a few years ago, hey, can you lawn aerate? I'm like, uh, sure. You know, so I watched some videos and I called the local rental place. I'm like, do you, do you, you know, do you, do you rent an aerator? Oh yeah, sure. So I rented it. I brought it home, tested out at my on my own yard a few times, got comfortable with it. And that first summer I did two or three lawns, right? I looked into buying one of them things and they're like two grand, you know, for a walk behind one. They're, they're, they're nice, but for something that I'm going to use once or twice a year and it's going to be in my storage container the rest of the year, getting in the way, having to have, I wasn't going to do it. So every year now I, I put a Facebook ad up. I say, I'm booking two days for aerating, get on the list. And this year, my, I, I like a Facebook ad and, and I know in our community, Facebook is, you know, but for business, <laughs> I know. Right. But in our business, it's still, it, it works. Right. The, the local community is there. So I put an ad up and I get like, I've got like 15 bookings for lawn aeration, right? hundred bucks a pop. And I, I, I rent the aerator for, I think it's a hundred dollars for a day. It might take me a day or two to do all those lawns and I knock them all out. I don't have to worry about keeping an aerator on hand. I just do all the work. I do it well. People are happy with it and you make a really good amount of money that way. So it sounds to me like someone can start a handyman business with a pickup truck and maybe a toolbox. And you could start a handyman business with a Dodge Neon. Like I, I tell people, I'm like, you know what? Don't ever, I mean, a pickup truck's awesome because then you sure. can do dump runs for people. You can haul ladders. But I had a guy a while back message me and he's like, I really want to get into mowing lawns, but I just have a little van. And I'm like, well, I'll put, put a tarp down in the back. And, you know, like don't ever let it get in your way. You know, you can buy one of them little cargo carriers that fit into your trailer hitch that just sit up and you can put a little... Uh, lawnmower. And if you don't have any lawn mowing gear, you can advertise on next door and say, Hey, willing to come mow your lawn for $30, use your gear. You know, a lot of people, a lot of elderly people have well-kept gear that they just That's can't true. use anymore. Right. And my, I did that a lot. My grandmother's housekeeper used my grandmother's vacuum, which I just never understood. Like you're, you're putting wear and tear on your own stuff. But, uh, I, you know, I mean, my grandmother doesn't care. It's not like she's going to be selling that vacuum or whatever. And the housekeeper had a little probably a Dodge Neon, like you said, um, that a vacuum would never fit into. <laughs> um, speaking of tools and gear though, what, uh, what about for like just the home fix it guy? What, what kinds yeah. of tools do you think he needs to have just kind of on hand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no worries. Um, you know, there's a lot you could have, but, <laughs> but you know, I have, I got a whole video on what I carry in my toolbox. Mm -hmm. So it's just like a little, it, it's been upgraded a lot. It's almost a year old now, but I just have a little, you know, a good size toolbox that when I'm going on site, I take that in my drill bag. But if, if, if you're brand new and you're not handy or very unhandy to start with, 
you know, an impact driver is probably, if you only buy one cordless tool, that's the guy to have. You know, they're compact, they'll drill holes, they'll drive screws, they, you know, last forever with a small battery. And you don't have to buy top of the line. I mean, I, I'm a DeWalt guy. Everybody jokes with me. They're like, what's your recommendation, Tim? I bet it's DeWalt, right? I'm like, yeah, it is. But that doesn't mean you have to buy DeWalt. It just means whatever you settle on, buy everything for the same battery platform so you're not jumping around. But, you know, an impact driver, a good quality hammer, a multi-bit screwdriver for a guy, you know, for somebody who, like we have a little kit that I keep in the drawer for um, just fixing things in the house and a good multi-bit screwdriver, a hammer, uh, you know, a socket set. And that is, you know, for most things that the average handy guy, handy lady, handy everybody is going to be doing, it's either something that's moving that shouldn't be or something that isn't moving that should be, you know. And if you have a few tools that'll fix a loose screw on a door or, um, you know, a good, a good, uh, thing of spray lubricant. I love fluid film. It's a little more money, but you know, good old WD 40, that sort of thing. And, mm -hmm. you know, some duct tape or tuck tape will fix a lot of issues too. Yeah. I've got the, I've got the Ryobi one system, uh, which I bought because they had the best ads basically. Oh, and they're really good. And again, like something else that a lot of people don't realize is the battery powered lawn gear now too. So if you even live in a fairly big place, like we switched from gas powered to almost all DeWalt battery gear last year. So now I have my hedge trimmers, my chainsaw, my pole saw, my weed whipper, and I just ordered a DeWalt push mower and I'm going to try it in the business. Like we, we do 11 or 12 lawns um, once a week and I'm going to, I'm going to put it through its paces, but they're, you know, for a homeowner, if you wanted to go full battery now, it, it's easy. Yeah, that was, I mean, specifically, it was the lawnmower ad for the Ryobi thing that, that sold me on it. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad that you're going to be putting it to the test. I'd love to, I'd love to hear what you think of it because uh, I don't have much of a yard right now, but we're going to be, we're going to be moving eventually. So what would you say is like skills that the like new homeowner should probably learn before things go wrong? Sure. <laughs> um, you know, if you, how to, how to clean uh, your eaves troughs or your gutters, sorry, the eaves troughs, the Canadian oh. thing, everybody always laughs at me, you know, <laughs> but you know, how to clean your gutters is huge. If you're comfortable on a ladder, because that can create, you know, you're, you're in the twin cities, right? Am I right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you know all about frozen and freezing. Yeah. I've ice. heard of ice yeah. dams, but uh, I'm, so I've never, I've never owned a home in the twin cities yep. and the homes that I've lived in, uh, like we rent, and they yeah. don't have gutters, which means that their their soffit and fascia are terrible. Um, sure, but the, <laughs> because the water and ice just kind of pour off of them. Um, so yeah, this is definitely something that I'm going to want to learn how to do, uh, especially the ice dam thing. Yeah, and it's you know there's there's two like number one is the ice dam, and and because it'll you know if, if you if you let leaves and stuff get in there, and, and as far as those gutter guard things go, they're they're useless. All they do is just give you less space for leaves to collect. But anyway, that's another story. But, you know, learn how to clean those, learn how to flush out your downspout. That's the part that comes off your eaves trough, your, your gutters. And because number two, not just the ice dam, but if they're clogged up and your, um, your downspout's clogged up, it's going to back up and flood your basement. Uh, so that is, oh, a huge, and, and that could be way worse than, you know, an ice dam that starts to melt because you're going to notice that, right? You're going to notice, oh, I've got some water coming through my roof, you know, and it, it might ruin a little bit of drywall, but a flooded basement, if you're away for a day and you got a flooded basement, I mean, that is, you know, that's an insurance claim you don't want to deal with. And right? it, st so. it stinks up your entire house for oh, forever. Absolutely. Like, yes. <laughs> 
even if you bring in a, a reclamation company, you know, it's still, it's bad, right? Okay. Uh, so I know how to install a bidet on a toilet. I know oh, wow. How to, I know how to uh, take off the, 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 the trap on the bottom of a sink. Yep. That's um, important. Yeah. And I think that's about, that's about, oh, what I took, I, I did. I replaced the entire like flushing system from a toilet. So I'm on my way to being a handyman. Yep. Uh, but I also tried to construct a raised bed garden or just like a little, a little bed out of, out of a pallet last year and completely failed. So I guess, how does someone, I, I, like I used YouTube to learn how to do that plumbing stuff because it was kind of out of necessity. I didn't want to hire somebody to uh, install a water sprayer because it's kind of embarrassing that I even have one. And here I am talking about it in public. Yeah, uh, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, what about like custom work? Would you be able to build someone a garden bed if they wanted? Or is that kind of out of the purview of a handyman? Uh, no, I mean, I, you know, I just, um, I build. I, I build decks, I build fences, I build raised beds, you know, mm -hmm. the, a lot of times the stuff I do for myself, like my, my raised beds I did last year were kind of an experiment. I did some uh, wicking beds that were above ground and they, they were honestly a, a miserable failure. So, you know, I fail just as often as, you know, I succeed. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but yes, absolutely. If somebody wanted, you know, and a lot of things doing carpentry work, like stuff like that, the better the tools you have, the better your end product's going to be too. So oh. uh, I'm not saying, you know, like uh, every time you get a new tool, you learn, oh, this this can fix things a little better. So I'm, and I'm not saying go out and buy all kinds of tools and you'll be a master carpenter either, right? It, it's a little of both, but it's a lot of trial and error. I mean, I it took me a lot of years to get good at, at building things and I'm still not great. Like I'm a handyman, I'm not a contractor, right? So, you know, I do great work and people are happy with it, but uh, I, I still don't call myself a contractor. So, you know, I always think my biggest thing, number one is YouTube. Watch, you know, as much as you can of, of YouTube, but also, you know, stretch yourself 10% every time, right? So if, if you know how to, if, if you want to learn how to build something big, start with a birdhouse, you know, and then, and then maybe, I don't know, uh, put a railing on a deck or, or repair, you know, just replace a broken floorboard or a broken stairboard, you know, do take steps, right? Uh, the old Bill Murray movie there, uh, baby steps out the door, you know, uh, what about Bob or whatever. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I always say baby steps, right. And, and you're gonna, you're gonna screw up a bunch of times, but be okay with that. Don't be a perfectionist. And, you know, back, when we used to eat a lot of carbs and I started baking, um, you know, I had to get used to the bread looking like homemade bread. Right. And, and you have to be comfortable with it, not looking like, uh, you know, that video or picture you saw on Pinterest, you, you've got to get comfortable with being happy with the work you do and then incrementally improve. What about if you have like a dissatisfied customer or do you just tell them, look, uh, I can I can try my best, but you're showing me a picture that was done by like an interior designer, an entire an entire crew of you know contractors and subcontractors. Uh, but I'll 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 get to as close as I can. Or, I uh, you know I used to especially early on I'd be you know like I said when you, when you're new into a business and you're desperate for work I would take on just about anything. Okay. And what I found out was working for myself that's the most stressful thing you can do is to to reach further beyond your capabilities than you should. You get in over your head. You know, I, I'm all about making it right for a customer. And if I if I do screw up on the rare occasion, you know, and and I legitimately did, then I'll make it right. I'll either give them a refund or I'll mm -hmm. fix it or, you know, whatever, right? That's only happened once or twice in the years I've done it. But 
the best way, honestly, is to just head that off at the pass. And I, I've had to get good at saying no, because I, I'm a yes person. I love to say, you know, oh yeah, I can do that. I can do this. Right. And I just, you know, people are like, could you do this? And I used to be like, yeah, I probably can. And then I'd go home and I'd fret about it. And I'd be like, I just should have just said no, you know, but so if, if it's beyond, you know, if it's beyond 10 or 15% above what I can do, then I, I just, no, I, I, I know a guy and the best way to do it is to know a guy, to know a bunch of guys. Yeah. And I mean that in general, like, Hey, this guy's really good. I got a guy that I do that does concrete work for me. And so if somebody needs a sidewalk done or a cement pad done, that's not in my purview. And I'm like, Hey, I'll give him a call and I'll get him set up for you and you can deal with it. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Stuff like, like restriping parking lots and uh, doing yards. And I mean, that, that feels like something that with a little bit of practice, like just the average person could probably build. Also, I mean, here, here in the upper Midwest, uh, you know, tons of like in the twin cities, half the pickup trucks have plows on the front of them for oh, yes. doing people's driveways and parking lots and stuff. Like, so there's no end, like, and that's the whole idea. Like the other part of what I kind of teach and preach is most of this is no skill or low skill stuff, you know, cleaning out your eaves, your, your gutters, like if you can climb a ladder and you can reach your hand in and scoop it out, you're, you're good. If you can run a hose, you can do it. You know, um, anybody can learn how to mow a lawn in 15 minutes. You know, yeah. you might not be perfect at it right away, you know, but, um, anybody can haul. I, one of my biggest things is hauling garbage to the dump for people. So like, Hey Tim, can you do a dump run? If you have a truck, you can haul garbage to the dump, you know, um, snow. My, my very first thing I started in, I, I bought a snow shovel at a yard sale for two bucks and I started, I had like three or four customers my first winter and I would just go and I would shovel off their sidewalks. I would shuttle, shovel off their decks, you know, and now this last winter we had uh, 40 properties that we do. We use backpack blowers to blow the snow off because it's really cold and, and dusty here. So, you know, we never, I say that we never do, except we did twice this year. We never get those big, like, um, Midwest kind of dumpings or East coast dumpings where you get, you know, 12, 15 inches. Although we did get it twice this year for the first time in seven years. So, but normally, you know, it gets down into like minus 20, minus 30, and I can go out and blow it off just like people in Florida would blow sand off their sidewalks, you know? I know when you said, when you mentioned this, the, uh, using a leaf blower to blow snow, I was like, oh my God, if, (laughs) uh, for those who are blessed to live in Florida or Texas or wherever, um, there's two different kinds of snow. There's like really powdery snow that you could just, you know, use a, almost, you could use just a fan to, to blow it off. Um, Mm -hmm. and then there's the wet, just, it's like, it's like mud, um, that is super heavy to, to shovel and that kind of thing. I would never, I would probably never do a snow shoveling business just because of that. I, you know, I mean, I do half a driveway and I'm just done for the day. So uh, what else? Do you have anything else that you'd like to cover? You know, honestly, for, you know, if you're thinking about doing it, just, just do it. You know, that, that's my big thing. If like, don't talk about it. I mean, yes, talk about it to an extent, but just get off your ass and go do it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I, I don't mean that in a bad way, but if you fail or you, you know, I, I guarantee that if you, if you don't do it, you're not going to do it. Right. So I always tell people like, uh, I, once in a while I get really riled up. Like I, I keep my channel to PG 13, you know, because that's what I do. But once in a while I'll be like, okay, just warning you, there's going to be some, you know, an F bomb coming because it's time for you to get motivated. Right. And, huh. and I mean it, like I, if, if you're thinking you want to try it, just try it. The worst thing that can happen is that you don't like it, you know, but the best thing that can happen is you can build an incredible business that 
you know, allows you to be financially free, allows you to be less dependent on the systems, allows you to, you know, the best part being time-free. So schedule-free, like I can, mm-hmm. you know, we were able to homeschool my girls. My wife started her own business this year. We opened a, a local daycare, um, which we never would have been able to do if it wasn't for my handyman business because it gave us the financial freedom and the time freedom to be able to do it. Um, but if, if you're thinking about doing it, you know, there comes a point when you either got to get up and go or just keep working for the man. And that's okay too. You know, if, if that's yeah. what you want to do and you're comfortable with that, I'm, I'm cool with that. But if, if you're looking to, to start something, you got to do it. And once you start, man, it gets addictive. You know, you, you, that I, I get, I get, um, the other day I had a guy message me on float and he's like, look at this. And it was a picture of the first garden he rototilled for another customer. He, you know, it's the same, he got the idea from my ad for the aerating lawns. And he's like, this is awesome, you know, and um, uh, Ryan Collette from down in the States, he he was a guy, he's one of my very first followers and he started, you know, he, he works full time and he started a little handyman business and him and his wife made business cards uh, in cookies in the shape of business cards and he took them around to all the realtors to let them all know, hey, I'm here, I want to do work for you, let me do it. That's and he's so idea. busy now, like, oh, and I get this, you know, two, three times a month at least of people like, hey, I did this because of that. And I've only been doing this a year. Like I can't imagine when I've been doing it 10 years, how many people will have jumped out and and just went for it, you know? And 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 not everybody succeeds, but that's okay. You know, you try a bunch of things like, oh my God, every the the services that I've offered that have fallen flat on my face or just never got traction. If I give up after the first one of them, I'd still be standing in the maze like a dummy staring at the wall wondering why I didn't go the right direction. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you, 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 hit the, you hit the wrong wall in a maze and you're like, well, if I just stand there, I'm not going to do anything. But if I adjust, I pivot and I head the right direction, well, that's what you got to do in business and life too, right? So yeah, there, that's my soapbox. But man, I'm telling you, there's nothing better than being an entrepreneur if, if that's what you want to do. You mentioned the, the financial freedom thing. Um and so that reminded me of it. Of course, it, I started to kind of wind it down, but I wanted to. Uh, I so, wanted to listen, I can go with, yeah, I'm good. So don't worry. <laughs> right. I know. Yeah. 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 I love cool. talking. Um, <laughs> I, so I'm thinking if, if you're making like an average income, this is probably pretty attractive. If uh, you know, you're making 50 grand a year, let's say yep. um, you can, you can afford to probably, you know, buy a new lawnmower or whatever it is that you're going to start out with. But how long does it take to replace that $50,000 a year salary? Um, I know my, for instance, my upstairs neighbor, uh, she does gardening kind of under the table for doctors who live around the lake, which means that they're making a lot of money. Oh yeah. Um, and so she, and they, they, they quote her a price and she's like, well, I mean, it's going to take me two hours. If you want to pay me $1,200 to do it, I'll do it. But like, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, is that, is that, has that been your experience too? Or do you just figure out what you think a fair wage is and, charge them by the hour or how does that work? Well, number one, for me, the best thing you can do is charge by the job. Because if you, if you charge by the, if, if you charge by the hour, you're always, you've already set, you know, you've got eight hours a day or 10 hours, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So you've already, you've already topped out your, the only way to get better to make more money is to raise your hourly rate, which is, you know, so what I do is I charge a flat rate for almost every job. So, you know, for, for window cleaning, I charge $5 a window for ground floor windows and $12 a window for windows that are off a ladder, second story and up, you know? And so, you know, I can go and I can knock out 20 ground floor windows in an hour. That's $100 an hour. But if I told somebody that I charge $100 an hour to clean windows, 
most people would say, no, you know, no, no, thank you. And that's okay. You know what I mean? Like I get it, but they would also be watching you and thinking, oh, did I, did he just stop and answer a text message while he's on my dime, you know? So I don't charge it. When people ask if I charge by the hour, I try not to, because number one, if I run into trouble, I want the customer to know what they're going to pay, right? So if I tell you it's going to be $85 to clean your gutters, it's going to be $85 to clean your gutters, even if I run into some more trouble, because I want that upfrontness, you know? But I also know that, you know, there's economy and scale, and I'm going to do eight or 10 of those in a day or five in a day or whatever it happens to be. And to me, charging by the job as opposed to charging by the hour has been freeing because then I'm on my own time. If it takes me two hours to do, it takes me two hours. And, you know, sometimes I've had to, you know, um, swallow a loss because I underbid something, but most times way, the vast majority of times I end up making way better by charging by the job because you, you get more efficient. Right. And if, like I said, if, if you, if I'm charging by the hour and I'm cleaning gutters and I'm getting more and more and more efficient, I have to do more gutters in the run of a day to make that same amount of money. Right. Because now I'm getting more efficient. So I need to do eight hours and I need to clean 10 gutters now, whereas before it took me eight hours to do five. But if I'm charging by the job, the more I get done in a day, the more money I make. If that Does that make sense? Yeah, I I was that's, clear on that. that's perfect. I like that a lot. Um, and I would imagine that you could probably up your job rate um, as you become more experienced and proficient and you know just have a better reputation around town. I'm sure that has a lot to do with it as well. Yes. And uh, another thing is, uh, and I have, I've had to, because I mean, my my liability insurance for snow alone has doubled every year for the last three years, you know, and, and I, I, I didn't actually raise my snow prices in the last two years and they're going to have to this year. But, but yes, like my, you know, when I first started, I think I was, I charged $50 to take a whole load of garbage to, to, a, you know, to the dump and that, you don't even, anyway, when you figure in the cost and everything, I wasn't doing very good, you know? So, so now I think it's like 125 for a truck and a trailer load. And that that's reasonable. People are happy with that. And I still have people say, well, well, you should charge more. I'm like, no, I'm good with that. You know, I, when I get to a point where I'm comfortable with a price, I feel like I'm making a good amount of money. I'm okay with that, you know, and, and I don't have grandiose dreams of, of having this into a multinational company with 20 employees. Like, I am the most happy when I'm paint, you know, rehabbing an, an interior rental, you know, laying floor or painting with my, uh, ear, you know, ear pods in, listening to a podcast, working by myself. I don't like to have to look after other people. And, uh, you know, there, there's an inherent amount of risk there, but there's other ways to mitigate that, you know, by, but I, I just, I love working by myself. I do have, you know, a helper some, and that's great, but I just, you know, you can easily make six figures being a handyman working by yourself, you know, and, you know, last year on average, I probably worked 20 to 30 hours a week, maybe a little more, uh, you know, so I didn't, I didn't kill myself. I had lots of time to help my wife with her business and build this content creation too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tim. Uh, it has been a pleasure hearing from you uh, and getting all this advice um, and definitely got the gears turning in my head. Um, why don't you, why don't you let us know where people can find you? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, um, it's almost my, 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 content has almost turned into like a, a video podcast, like, you know, five days a week, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, you know, so, but you can find them all on my YouTube channel, my Odyssey channel. Uh, but the easiest way is to go to toolmantim.co. That's toolmantim.co. Uh, that will have all of my social media links. I'm really active on MeWe, really active on Float. 
uh, my, my Odyssey channel, my YouTube channel, of course, and a monthly newsletter because I, I like to run contests. It's a lot of fun to kind of build things up. Uh, we did a really cool uh, crypto giveaway, uh, LBC coin giveaway around, I think it was uh, Groundhog's Day. So keep an eye up for that. I've got a, a really cool uh, collaboration video coming up real quick. Um, we got, I think it's seven or eight different uh, survival podcast community members who are also kind of in the DIY homesteading community. We're all going to do like a collab of uh, tool reviews, like the most essential thing. Keep an eye out. That should be coming up in the middle of May. Yeah. And, and like I said, toolmantim.co, that's the best way, best way to connect with me. You can send me questions there through the form, or you can email me at therealtimcook at gmail.com. All right. Awesome. And uh, you're also on the survival podcast expert council, oh, which is, yes, always, I, that's that like, sometimes I'll miss an episode of the survival podcast. I never miss the expert council. Cause even if it's not applicable to me, it's just good knowledge to, to have. So uh, thanks again, Tim. It's been a pleasure. No problem. Thank you very much, James. Anytime. All right. Thanks again to Tim for joining me today. And thank you as always for tuning in. Please remember that the best way to subscribe to the Blackbird podcast is on Substack. Head to blackbird.substack.com to sign up with your email address. That will get you signed up for updates whenever I release an episode or publish written content. Alternatively, you can always subscribe in your favorite podcast app, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. But again, the best way is through the Substack. And that's it for this episode. Until the next one, live free. 